is Bloomberg Surveillance. It feels like the Fed believes that they're going to keep rates down here to stimulate more business investment. What we'll see is a much longer workout process of this excessive debt and a much slower growth cycle in emerging market countries. The most influential factor in a purchase is still the store. There's a myth that stores are dying. It's not stores that are dying, it's the middle class. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It is 8 o'clock on Wall Street, 8 o'clock in Washington, D.C., where they're tallying the damage from last night's primaries around the country, mostly in the Northeast. We'll talk about that in a moment. Also getting ready for Capitals Penguins, Tom Keene is uh, still on vacation. He is resting up to be able to survive that series, and uh, we look forward to having him back and discussing the most important issues before the nation, which are who's better, Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin, but that'll have to wait until next week. Francine Lacroix is with me today, and uh, she'll be joining us uh, again in just a moment. We are brought to you by Cohn Resnick. Accounting tax advisory, as economic policy changes, so do business decisions. Speak to the experts at Cone Resnick for the forward-thinking advice you need. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. Markets not doing so well this morning. S&P futures off by five points. Dow futures by 39. Disappointing earnings news from Apple last night set the stage for that, although we've had some better than forecast earnings from a lot of companies this morning. Big earnings day, as well as the Fed decision this afternoon. The folks in the political world are all now uh, racing away from the Northeast to catch planes to Indiana, where the next round of primaries is. For the Republicans, likely to be decisive, many people say. Vin Weber is with us. He is a former Republican congressman from Minnesota and a member of the Project for the New American Century. Um, is uh, still an influential figure in Washington, D.C. politics. And I have to ask you, uh, then, last night Donald Trump ran the table in the five states voting in the Northeast. How depressed are Republicans in Washington today? <laughs> well, they're somewhere between very depressed and very resigned. I mean, uh, Donald Trump won a sweeping victory last night. And uh, it's it's hard to deny that he's on the road to the nomination. It's not it's not over, but it's it's it looks the end looks to be in sight. Um, I, I think you know after the defeat his defeat in Wisconsin, uh, people said, well, maybe the momentum has shifted in this race, and uh, he's going to be on a declining path and go fall well short of the 1237 delegates that he needs. Instead, he came back and he won bigger than expected in New York and bigger than expected last night. Now, you know, we got a couple of primaries left where things could reverse, uh, but they'd have to reverse pretty dramatically for him to not be the nominee. It's hard to know exactly what he stands for because he keeps changing his positions, but many of the things he has said... Uh, don't hew to Republican orthodoxy, and many of the things his supporters complain about are not traditional Republican issues. So uh, where does this leave the party? Well, I think that you've, um, you're you talking about the thing that needs to be talked about to be candid. And if there's anything frustrating to me uh, in this race, it's we've this the narrative about this campaign has been establishment versus anti-establishment, insider versus outsider, politician versus non-politician. And we've not talked about the fact that, that he 
departs from what the Republican Party has believed on trade. He's a protectionist. On immigration, he wants to build a wall and deport 11 million people. On nuclear weapons, he suggested that it might be a good idea to arm for the Japanese and the South Koreans to develop nuclear weapons. Nuclear nonproliferation has been an article of faith for our country for a long time. A lot of very big issues obscured by the fact that we focused on this drama of insider versus outsider to the exclusion of a discussion of issues. We're going to have to start talking about those issues now if Trump indeed is going to be the nominee and wants to try to unite the party and, and reach out to uh, independent and, and uh, Democratic voters to get some support in the fall. Well, you note that uh, despite the fact he's been the front runner for months and months now, he's got a couple of fringe congressmen who've endorsed him uh, and uh, a couple of governors and no members of the Senate. Is he going to be able to unite the party? I don't know. I mean, I think that that's a really open question. I, I, I think that most of the people, most of the governors, senators, congressmen, party leaders want to unite behind whoever is nominated. Um, but... You know, contrary to the popular narrative, all these people are not cynical, in-it-for-themselves game players. They're, they believe in politics because they believe in certain principles and some ideas. And if Donald Trump can forge a message that makes Republican leaders across the board comfortable with him, comfortable that he would be the right leader for America, you know, they'll unite behind him. But it, it, it's, not, it's not automatic. I mean, one of the things that struck me is I listened to all these commentators say, well, Donald Trump has won all the primaries. He's the front runner. Any other front runner in any other election would have been declared the nominee by now, as if it's the fault of those people who have not gotten behind Trump. The real question is, yeah, how come he can win all these primaries and still have so many Republicans saying, I just don't think I can vote for him? It's because of the issues on which he departs from the party's platform or on which they think he would lead the country in the wrong direction. Will people follow principle uh, in other words if he doesn't you know bend to the to the views of the party will people abandon him will the, the you know the, the elected officials of the party abandon him well i i don't think i'd predict that i mean he, he's going to have assuming he's a nominee and let's just clarify it's not quite over yet but he clearly is on track uh, he has an opportunity to unite the party. He's got a bunch of experienced people advising him, and they will want to unite the party. And the party wants to be united. They don't want to get Republic, – no, no Republican that I know wants to vote for Hillary Clinton or throw away their vote for an independent or write-in candidate. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, he's, he's got to do some work to convince people that he is the right leader for our country at a perilous time. This, this is not a game. I mean, we've, we've sort of treated this presidential nominating process this year more than ever before in my lifetime as kind of a game or a sports event. We have real consequences to this election for our economy, for America's role in the world, for our trading system, for, for, and, and he's got to convince people that he's the right leader in this time. You spent many years in Congress. This isn't a game. Can you imagine... Donald Trump as president of the United States. It's pretty tough. I mean, I I, uh, I've, I, I listen to him the way that he refers to the people that he's run against, which you know I guess is part of his game, uh, insulting them and giving them nicknames and things like that. And it, it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that that could could lead the country, particularly on the world stage. The rest of the world is looking at this with some horror I, from every experience I've got. 
But on the other hand, he's a he is a deal maker. He knows how to negotiate, and uh, if if he uses those skills to deal with the Congress and with other countries in their negotiations, I suppose it's possible. But he, he doesn't he doesn't look to me like like uh, I would expect a leader to look. At this point, um, is there anybody uh, who is raising their hand to? run with him as a vice presidential candidate? Uh, no, I, I haven't seen that yet. I'm, I'm sure that he'll find a running mate. He was asked that on a show this morning I was watching, and he says he's thinking about people, but he didn't tip his hand on any on any names. Um, I, I think that's that's tough. I mean, because you, you start with all the people that he's insulted in the course of the campaign. That's not easy because if if he picked, let's let's say he picked Marco Rubio, who I have a lot of respect for. Uh, well, he went through the campaign calling him Little Marco. Don't we think the Democrats will remind the voters throughout the fall <laughs> campaign that that's what Donald Trump said about his running mate? Or, or Jeb Bush, who I think is a marvelous public servant, would have, be a great, would have been a great president. Low-energy Jeb Bush, that's what Trump called him throughout the campaign. It's hard for him to pick somebody that he's called a derogatory name throughout the campaign. And then there are some of these big issues, you know, on, on immigration and our treatment of immigrants. You know, there are a lot of the people that would make fine running mates have very strong and diametrically opposing views. So it's not going to be easy for him. Is a, is a running mate going to make a difference in this campaign, or is it really going to be all about the nominee? Uh, the running mate usually does not make a difference. Maybe in the past, uh, it, the politics was different. Uh, Lyndon Johnson could deliver the state of Texas for John Kennedy in 1960, for instance. I think what the choice of running mate does this time is adds to the sum total of knowledge that people think they have of the candidate. It's not that they're going to vote for you because of the running mate or anything like that, but they'll look at you and say, well, this is the first big decision you've had to make as the potential president of the United States. Did you make a good decision? And then, and, and so in that regard, you know, it, it, it can be a, a plus or a minus depending on whether or not the voters think that you exercised good and sound judgment. Let's continue our conversation about the U.S. presidential campaign. We'll get into the uh, down-ballot races as well. Vin Weber is with us, former Republican congressman from Minnesota, now the co-chairman and partner of Mercury Public Affairs. Well, it doesn't seem that the political campaign is in the markets. Earnings are. The Fed is. Right now, S&P futures off by four points, slightly better uh, than it was, a two-tenths decline. The 10-year note yield, 1.91%. This is Bloomberg Surveillance on Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, thank you very much. Donald Trump is calling himself the presumptive nominee. Trump swept all five states in yesterday's Northeast primaries. Hillary Clinton won four out of five. Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware. Clinton's rival Bernie Sanders won Rhode Island. Paris attack suspect Salah Abdeslam is now in French custody and will go before investigating judges for eventual charges. Abdeslam was arrested in Belgium last month after four months on the run. China human rights activist Harry Wu has died. Wu, a former political prisoner, exposed abuses in China's prison labor camp system. Harry Wu was 79. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Well, when you talk about central banks, you're talking about currencies and the dollar. Ahead of today's Fed decision is trading lower still by a tenth of a percent. The dollar index, 
888-900-4498. Full coverage of the Fed decision, 2 p.m. here on Bloomberg Radio. The news update brought to you by Bentley University. What do tying up the finances at Converse and managing asset allocations at J.P. Morgan have in common? A business degree from Bentley University because business is everywhere. Prepare here. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are falling after Apple's first sales drop in more than a decade. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures remain under pressure today as Apple weighs on the NASDAQ. Dow futures currently lower by 36 points. SPs drop five. And NASDAQ futures decline by 48. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.91%. On the U.S. economic front at 10 o'clock, pending home sales at 10.30, energy inventories. And at 2 o'clock, the FOMC rate decision. After the bell last night, Apple posted its first quarterly revenue drop in more than a decade. Shares are down 8% pre-market. eBay beat. Buffalo Wild Wings cut 2016 PS views, and Twitter Q2 revenue view trailed lowest estimates. Some of the earnings highlights this morning, Anthem, General Dynamics, United Technologies, and Comcast all beat. WR Grace was mixed. Northrop Grumman boosted its forecast, and Boeing EPS missed. In deal news, the Wall Street Journal reported that Comcast is in discussions to buy DreamWorks. DreamWorks shares up 18% pre-market. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. JetBlue raised to outperform at Cowan. Twitter cut to underperform at Bank of America. Also cut to neutral at J.P. Morgan. Michael Kors raised to overweight at Piper. National Oil Well raised to overweight at Morgan Stanley. And Stryker raised to buy over at Stern AG. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? Thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Mike and Francine. Thank you very much, Karen Roscoe. Well, this is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Francine Lacroix. They have fixed the microphone in London. We, uh, Hurrah. Uh, Guglielmo Marconi came over and personally took care of it. <laughs> we are brought to you by Invesco. Explore what high-conviction investing means to Invesco's value equity managers. Watch the conversation at Invesco.com slash Interactive. We're talking politics in the United States with Vin Weber, the former Republican congressman and now co-chairman and partner at Mercury Public Affairs. Uh, Vin, uh, you said just uh, before we went to break that uh, no Republican wants to vote, wants to vote for Hillary Clinton, but uh, the Koch brothers <laughs> seem to be considering it, and they're among the most conservative uh, Republicans out there. Uh, the last people you would think, that would endorse Hillary Clinton. Well, I saw that uh, that report, and it, 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 the Kochs didn't exactly say they would support Hillary. They just said they were open to it. But I think that that ought to be a, a, a warning signal or something to, to Mr. Trump that there's a lot of Republicans that just don't know. You know, I, for instance, about a month ago I was watching one of the cable shows, and I saw General Michael Hayden, somebody whom I have enormous respect uh, as the former director of national intelligence and CIA director. <clears throat> and they tried to get him to say who he was for for president. At that time, he was neutral. He's now endorsed John Kasich, but at that time he wasn't. And they pushed and hard and said, well, what if it were Trump versus Hillary? He didn't want to answer. Finally, he said, <clears throat> excuse me, in my little zone, my narrow zone, his words were, 
Hillary would be better than Trump. Well, excuse me. General Hayden's narrow zone, as he puts it, is national security. You know, if you come to the conclusion that the other party's candidate is better on national security than your candidate, you have to at least think about it. And that's, <clears throat> I'm not saying that that's where most Republicans will come down, but I, th these are not just personality traits that we're talking about. There are big issues that Donald Trump has to explain to us how he's not going to wreck the world trading system, how he's not going to encourage the proliferation of nuclear weapons across the planet, uh, and, and, and a whole bunch of other issues. If he can do that, no Republican will want to vote for Hillary Clinton because the Democratic Party, in the course of this campaign, pushed by Bernie Sanders, is effectively becoming the American Socialist Party. But you, with the, the, there has to be a discussion of the big issues that the country's got to confront and not just anger about where we are. Right, but Congressman, how can Donald Trump actually become believable in foreign policy? So he's going to use a prompter, he'll probably be briefed, but at the end of the day, I sit here in London, and it, it must be the same for about 60% of all Americans. All I hear is Mexico and walls being built. Well, you know, you're right. that He hasn't been very specific about any issues except deporting people, building a wall, starting trade wars with Mexico and China. Uh, and if you talk to his supporters, many of whom talk privately and say, well, you've got, to, you've got to come around and get on board, and you raise these issues, and they say, well, he doesn't really mean that. That's what, just what he had to do to get nominated. And so we're supposed to get behind a candidate for president because he doesn't believe what he's saying. That's a, a lousy reason to support a candidate. But I think that in the course of the next few weeks, you know, his advisors are going to encourage him to change that. And we'll just see. We'll see if he emerges with, with strong people giving him advice that all of us can have confidence in. Uh, you know, in, in, in the 2000 campaign, Governor George W. Bush of Texas made a couple of missteps on foreign policy in the course of the campaign. And they quickly rushed people like Condoleezza Rice and others down to Texas to surround him and show the world he was going to be surrounded by the best foreign policy minds in the Republican Party, and it reassured people. If, if Trump is going to do things that reassure us that, that he's going to be advised by sound-thinking people, uh, you know, he's got a chance to, to overcome some of these things. But what he has set up to now is alarming to many people, not just in London, but here in America. All right. Suppose it's the Donald versus Hillary. How does the general election campaign play out? Unpredictable. Uh, you know, it, it, there, there's you can make a good argument that Trump should not be able to win an election like that. He has over 80 percent disapproval from the Hispanic community, the largest growing demographic in the country. He has not done. He's not going to get any percentage of the African American vote. Uh, he does terribly with women, including Republican women. But he has proven in the course of this campaign that he can defy expectations and overcome his negative ratings. And how he will conduct himself is, is, is an unknown. Uh, I, 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 I think the Democrats that I talk to, uh, while they feel confident that they can beat him, there's a little edge of concern in their voice because they're not sure what he's going to throw at Hillary Clinton he's, as he through things at all of his Republican opponents. He, he should not be able to win this election, but the country's angry. Uh, there's a desire for change, and, and Secretary Clinton does not look like a change candidate. Vin Weber, thank you very much for uh, joining us, and we'll talk to you again, I'm sure, as this election campaign unfolds. Donald Trump winning five states last night, Hillary winning four out of five, both the sort of presumptive nominees. 
their parties at the moment. We'll be back here on Bloomberg Surveillance as we get ready for Fed Day. We'll take a look at the economy next here on Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Coming up, though, with all due respect, highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond. <laughs> 